spooky friends. I'm John, your host, and welcome to another episode of Dairyland Frights, the paranormal podcast that covers everything spooky, creepy, and mysterious in the Midwest. So I am super pumped. I have two very special guests with me today, Declan and Jane from the Brutal, Bizarre, and Boozy podcast. I love that, by the way. That is a great title. Uh, and I highly recommend checking out their episodes. Um, they have a really nice take on a whole bunch of different subjects. And I love that because that's really what we want to do in the podcast world. We don't want to be the same. We want to be a little different. And I'm glad they're different. Right. And they're fascinating. And I made a few drinks, guys, from <laughs> when I listened to well, them. We're glad. Time. Nice. That's the, so, that's the goal. Yeah, it is. That's a, that's a really cool thing. I love that. Yeah. So uh, whoever wants to start, Jane or Declan, uh, tell me about yourselves in the podcast. Go for it, Mom. You got this. Okay. All right. All right Thanks, Mom. bud. So our podcast, as you said, Brutal, Bizarre, and Boozy podcast, we do one bizarre story, one brutal story, and then whoever's turn we alternate who picks the drink for the week and we the drink has to link or tie into the story that the person is choosing the drink so it, it ties in somehow sometimes it's a pretty obvious name connection and other times it's sure. just a weird bizarre detail in the story and we found a drink to go with it so some of the right. drinks are good, and some of them are garbage. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, we've had a had a few that we regretted making, but the link <laughs> to the story was so good that we just had to go with it. So, right, yeah, yeah, I, I love that. I love that. Yeah, because it's like all drinks, right? You go to a bar, or maybe you're at a friend's house, and they're like, "Hey, I made a pitcher of whatever," and you try it, and you go, "Oh, well, don't have that again." <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So, and then at the end of every episode, we do, um, we, you know, cause sometimes these stories are depressing and sad and, yeah, and uh -huh. gory and just a bummer and confusing. And so at the end mm -hmm. of every episode, we each do a chaser, which is a fun story or a fun TV recommendation, movie recommendation, something along those lines to kind of make it a little bit on the lighter side. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's definitely, definitely not. Um, sometimes some of our stories are definitely not for the faint of heart and kind of a bummer, you know, but that's yes. life sometimes. Right. Um, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes life, you know, either you, it throws you lemons like the old cliche, you got to make some lemonade or, I don't know, lemon meringue pie, whatever you want to make with those lemons. <laughs> right. So uh, tell me about a little bit about what interested you in this. Like, because I know you guys do paranormal and you do uh, true crime and you, so many different things. But what interested you in a subject when you do this subject? Like, how do you choose that? How do we choose each story? Yeah, like how do you go? Like how there's so much stuff out there. How do you go? Like yeah, more obscure stories. Do you go like you know what? Let's just do this one. This is a good one. <laughs> it's I don't know about Declan. I mean, I can only speak for myself. Some of the stories that I've chosen have been like stories that I grew up with, uh, mm -hmm. or something that happened. Like I've done several stories from our hometown. We live in a mm. well. I currently live here. It's a small town in Southern Oregon, just north mm. of the California border. And we, mm. you know, it's it's a small town. It's very idyllic looking, but yeah, gross stuff happens here. So mm -hmm. we, we've done a few of those kind of stories. Um, sometimes I pick my story based on the drink. I go, nice. I want to, I really want to have this drink and I have to go find a story to go with it. Mm. Nice. Declan, how about you? So for me, it's more of like if I hear a story on like some other podcast or I mean, I've done a couple of things from my area 
but there's not a whole lot in the town that I live in to okay. uh, draw to draw from as much as where my where my mom lives because, like she said, it's it's got nice parts and it's got some really really messed mm-hmm. up stuff going on in it. Mm-hmm. But uh, for me, I mostly like to pick something that I just can't get out of my mind. Like, let's say I hear a story and then. I just mm-hmm. keep thinking about it all week. And then that's how yeah, I yeah. know it's like right. anything that I want to personally know more about, I feel inclined to, if I'm going to do the research on it, might as well tell other people yeah. about it too. That's the process that I have. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So Jane, I'm going to start with you. Give me okay. an experience. It can, it can be any experience, spooky, uh, personal, like scary. It could be like, Anything you want, and you can go back is when you were a little kid to now. So tell me a story like you had that you're like, oh man, that was. Ugh. I remember that. <laughs> so I, there was, you know, when I was younger, uh, I think a lot of younger people are afraid of ghosts and spooky stuff mm-hmm. and stuff. You know, I what was that sound that came from outside? And so I, right. I tended to be a little like, Ooh, wh- wh- what's that? You know? And, mm-hmm. um, our, the way our house, the house was that I grew up in, my parents' mm-hmm. room was at one end of the house and mine was oh. at the complete opposite end of the house. Oh boy. Uh, and there were a lot of doors in between. Yeah, and yeah. I grew up, uh, I got up in the middle of the night one night to go to the bathroom and I had mm-hmm. to walk through the family room and the kitchen to get to the mm-hmm. bathroom. And off of that kitchen straight line, um, mm. we had a laundry room. The lights were off. There was a light on in the kitchen. Mom and dad always left a, you know, the stove light on or something. And I heard footsteps from the family room or from the mm. laundry yeah, room. Yeah, right, right. I could see directly into that room and there was no one there. There was nothing in there. Oh, it wasn't so dark yeah. that I couldn't see. And I heard distinct footsteps and a dragging sound. And I was Ooh. probably, I'm thinking about 13 at the time, 13, uh-huh, 14, uh-huh. the most. Right. Yeah. I suddenly did not have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and I ran back to my bedroom and got in bed and was terrified of whatever that footstep dragging sound was i don't know Uh but i remember just being scared to death about it yeah and then in high school we Mm -hmm. had um for a creative writing uh class we had to write a true story and i wrote about this story and my teacher gave me a bad grade on it which pissed me off because she said it wasn't believable Right. What? She said, if come on, why wouldn't I have gone to wake up my parents to tell me to yeah. tell them about it? Right. And I was like, because yeah, the, who wakes up their yeah. parents when they're that old? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's absolutely. my and, big spooky. Yeah. And, and you're never get your parents, what are the parents gonna say to you? Like you probably said to your children, go back to bed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I gotta I gotta work in the morning. Go back to bed. Right. All right. Yeah. Come on. Exactly. So, yeah. Uh, Declan, I'm going to ask you a different question. Have you ever done research where you literally had to take a shower after doing the research because it was so just like, oh, this is horrible. This is like, I got to take a shower. I got to take a break from this stuff. Yeah. So one case comes to mind. It's one of our earlier ones. I want to say six or seven maybe but okay is a sagawa he was oh. a i know him yeah. cannibal yeah. a japanese okay. cannibal and yeah it was kind of tough to find all the information on the case so i had to go to like this weird website and they they put the pictures of it on the oh. like main screen of the website and oh. i accidentally saw it and i was it really made me sick like it was not oh. good to look at. I would not yeah. recommend anyone go looking for those pictures. No. They're they're disgusting. Now yeah, we will that, that one really <laughs> stuck in my brain. They probably will now not. Will will do, but 
For that's sure. On, that's on them, not on me. Yeah, I told them not to so they want to rebel us. and go look it up. It is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not on us. It's not on Jane, Declan, and myself. Uh, exactly. That reminds me. I don't think you guys have done a story. If you, this will give you guys if you want to do this story because I tried to do it and I can't do it. Uh, there was um, a group of men in the 70s, late 70s, 60s, called the Chicago Rippers. Does that ring a bell at all? Uh, I think so. Oh. Okay. I think I might have heard something about it. Okay. So, it, warning, I don't know if you, it looks like you guys haven't done this. If you do this, Mm-mm. just remember, you're really going to have a hard time finding stuff. And when you do find stuff, it is very, very hard um, to even research uh, some podcasts mm-hmm. i've listened to it and they can't even get through it they're like I- i'm just gonna skip over all this it's terrible what they did to these women um they're called chicago rippers for a reason so just imagine what they oh. did to these women yeah yeah and the reason you can't find this information is because it was this is so horrible that people are just okay let's not even <laughs> bring it to light right so that might be a good halloween episode for you or something that would oh, make yeah like, go like i've heard of these guys and then when you start talking about them, they're like oh my goodness wow. yeah. yeah those guys were pretty bad they were really bad guys um did some terrible terrible things but anyway yeah i i know what you mean and i've done some ghost stories too where i had trouble sleeping at night <laughs> like literally i'm like right it's that channel there's another shadow. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. awesome. So, um, one of the other things I have to ask, uh, Jane, I'll start with you. What's your favorite drink? Okay. My favorite. Oh. You know, it, doesn't it have to be used alcohol. to be. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it used to be. I loved a good lemon drop. And since doing Ooh. this podcast, I have really been forced to drink things that I thought I would hate and I actually enjoy it. So, um, Mm. you know, I, I like pretty much anything that's got citrus and that's fruity and I like it to be sweet. I don't, and I don't want to taste my alcohol. If I can taste the alcohol, I'm going to drink it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause I'm a big old sissy. So. (laughs) Hey, it's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, Declan, you got a favorite drink? I do, and it's very simple. So I don't know if every liquor store has this, but mine does. But there's a twisted tea whiskey. If you take Mm. that and do equal parts of that with uh, some ocean spray, cranberry mango juice. Nice. It's really fucking good. Sorry if I can't curse. Can we curse on here? That's okay. That's okay. Okay. Nope, we can. We can. (laughs) Okay, cool. Um, cool. So one of, one of the things I'm going to tell you, if you guys want to have me on your show, I have a um, two stories from two of the heavy hitter serial killers ever who, well, were in Wisconsin. One is Jeffrey Dahmer and one mm-hmm. is Ed Gein. So if you guys want me to have me on, I'll go through those stories. All I can tell you is, I'll give you a little teaser for your audience too. All I can tell you is, both of those things happen to people where they could have been killed. Like if they did not get out of there in enough time, both these people would not be telling that story. They would be dead. They'd be another victim. (laughs) So how's that for a teaser? That'd work. Nice. (laughs) Perfectly too, because we haven't done either one of those stories yet. No, we haven't. Okay. I would love to be on your show. If you have an opportunity, I will tell those stories and you will not believe it. Uh, you will be like, come on, awesome. and, but I can get the people to validate it for you. <laughs> They're still alive. Perfect. <laughs> awesome. Oh, yeah, one of the persons great. is still alive. All right. Nice. So let's get right into this. Uh, I will make sure to share all your social media and website links uh, in this episode and all my social media so my spooky friends can find you because you guys are really good and uh, 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 you, they'll love the podcast. So let's start. Awesome. Thank you. So, yeah, no problem. Jane and Declan, what if I told you that a married couple in a small town in Wisconsin started an organization to research UFOs in the 1950s, 
that led to the founding of MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, which today is the largest UFO research network in the world. Sounds very crazy. Yeah, that's right? cool. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. cool. And it, yeah. And uh, so before I get into everything here, uh, so my sources are uh, Wisconsin Frights website, uh, WVM website, MUFON website, and our Wisconsin Proud website. There's some really nice um, uh, like stories on this couple. I, I never heard of it. I'll be honest with you, Declan and Jay, I never heard of them. But these people started something that they did not start this. Maybe MUFON and some other organizations may be coming out later, or they, they wouldn't be prominent as they are today. So it's, it's pretty interesting. And then also, I will talk about a UFO, a huge UFO story here in Wisconsin that happened over Sturgeon Bay. So let's get into a little history. All right. So UFO history, uh, and like I said, you guys chime in anytime you want. If you want to bring up some things, maybe you've heard of this or, oh, maybe, you know, is that true? Because <laughs> uh, it, some of it's going to sound like, really, John? <laughs> so anyway. Well, I, uh, I will say that ahead. the only, I, I mean, I, I don't know that many UFO stories. I know there's a lot of them out there and I know very few of them, but the only one that rings a bell for me on a couple side would be Betty and Barney Hill. So, yes. but I don't know a lot of the detail in that. So if it's not that couple, I'm curious to hear yeah. what couple it is. Yeah. So this is that cool. this is super interesting. Cause like I said, they started it all in the 1950s. So they precursed all the stuff that, that is big now. So like if you're watching the news, You've heard lately with the uh, sightings from the U.S. military, they're releasing all this stuff. If if this right. couple did not start their own organization, who knows? They would be so uh, away, uh, away from any organization dealing with UFOs. So UFO history can be a little confusing how everything started. And in my humble opinion, the beginning of the mystery of UFOs was started on a sunny summer day in Barron, Wisconsin, in 1934, with a woman named Coral. I love that first name, by the way. We should have named my daughter that. Uh, Coral Lorenzen. Okay. And check out the books. This I love people in the 50s and 60s. They, they really are, how do I say, politically correct? <laughs> so this is her book yeah. she wrote. Later in life, in 1966, <clears throat> the title of the book is this, Flying Saucers and the Startling Evidence of the Invasion from Outer Space. <laughs> that sounds so ominous. Right. She just gets right into it. She's, there's startling evidence yeah. we're being invaded. <laughs> yes. See that on your bookshelf. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I love that title. So Coral, this woman, uh, you'll learn a little bit more about her. When she was just nine years old, uh, her and two friends watched an object, this is in 1936, that she described like an open umbrella without the ribs or spurs glide silently through the sky and vanish over the horizon. So she saw this as a little kid, and she will bring this up. I will bring this up again. She still remembers that, that this in you know uh, where she was just sitting there watching this UFO in the 30s. Now think about that for a second, Jane and Declan. I mean that's, that's right. Crazy. It's the 1930s. Yeah. UFOs, maybe not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That I is don't. So weird. Right. Because I just... I know like an explosion of UFO slash alien sightings happened after the like some of the first alien movies, but I don't think they had alien movies back in the thirties. No. I think that was no later. No, correct. Yeah. And you will learn later. This is, this is crazy. So bear in Wisconsin in 1934 was a, about 1500 people. So in other words, everybody knew everybody, right? right. <laughs> and airliner yeah. were rarely, if ever seen, uh, it's also safe to say the old excuse of weather balloons were never seen. So basically, this small town 
there was there wasn't planes flying over there were the weather balloons flying over it's a small town in northern wisconsin and uh this little girl sees this ufo with a couple of her friends and, and from that time just stuck with her and the thing she this is a quote from her and this is when she was like a little kid she she put in her book she said the thing was in the west southwest when i first noticed it i called it to the attention of my two playmates that's so cute and one said she thought it was a parachute its color was a glowing white the object was about as large as a dime so i don't know how they saw that but okay held at arm's hmm. length there were no ropes or lines suspended from it and therefore no parachutist so right, right then and there yeah. she's like a little kid like i ain't parachute why would someone parachute over barren wisconsin like well, uh -huh. doesn't make any right. sense her other thing she said it oh. made no sound it wobbled in a northwest oh. direction across the clear and make sure but understand this clear cloudless sky it wasn't going fast rather it was poking along at a leisurely, leisurely rate of speed and with a rather strange motion that had been described in recent reports. And she did some different things. Kind of People have saw similar things. So the reports it as undulating. So Ooh. I thought that was really interesting. Now, granted, she didn't use the word undulating when she's nine years old. This is yeah, her right. book, but, but from her memory and stuff. Um, she said she watched the thing for 20 seconds, then it appeared to go over the horizon and perhaps it came to rest north of Barron in vicinity. And remember this, this is a, this is a big thing that we're seeing today uh, with UFOs uh, in a body of water referred to locally as the upper dam. So it's like you, Jane, she mm -hmm. went home and she told her father, but her father, I thought this was interesting. He made inquiries on the matter and it was dropped. No one has seen the object. Uh, and the three children had watched it, you know, see if there's any news or anything like a parachutist or balloons or anything. No, there was nothing. So it was dropped. You know, people just are like, oh, little girl. Right. And they're doing that. Little but girl saw something. That, yeah. <laughs> but I thought that was super interesting that she can remember. It's so vivid, right? Now, that's oh, right. not usually the case, right? And uh, one of the things is Carol's sighting predated the 1947 Roswell crash, right? And you know Roswell, right? Or at least have heard of it. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 And the resulting UFO flap, as they call it, by 13 years. So she was already ahead of the game. She already, you know, had UFOs, but at this time there was no one to talk to you. You know, maybe dad went to the local sheriff. Hey, my daughter saw something. The local sheriff went, okay. <laughs> and that was right. it, right? Yeah. There was nothing. Yeah. I was, uh, was go going to say it could have been like a weather balloon, like in Operation Mogul, which is the, mm -hmm. one of the big talking points of Roswell that it was a weather balloon, but that wasn't started until the 40s so obviously right. it's not going to be one of those right. weird weather balloons that might have been a ufo might not have been but that since it's so early there's no way to know really right exactly and, and carol wrote to uh oh coral wrote to excuse me let me see carol it's coral actually she wrote that there's no explanation for what i've seen you know she go and this was she wrote in her book, and I thought this was really kind of a funny quote. She said, There might be intelligent life on other worlds, and their ships were strange things people had reported in the heavens from time to time throughout the years. So she's very knows, like she's a very astute woman, like, hey, this has been happening for a long time, right? And yeah. people just have started um reporting it. Really, the 1950s was the first time that anybody, or in the 50s, were where you would see, like, in the 50s and 60s, those cheesy UFO movies. Right. <laughs> where that, yeah. You know, the, the flying saucer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
on the string. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they all look the same. Yeah. That's the interesting yep. thing. Like there's like, yeah, there's like a fat guy in a gorilla suit with like a astronaut helmet on. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> so one of the things is. In 1950, in the 50s, they started a reports were coming into the U.S. Air Force. And this is, you guys familiar with Project Blue Book? I am slightly. Declan might be okay. more. I'm not sure. Declan, are you familiar it. with Project Blue Book at all? Yes, a little bit. I don't know the okay. full details, but yeah. Yeah. So Project Blue Book was started in the 50s to report all the UFO sightings because there were so many. So they actually sent out people to uh, look at this and see what it's called. Now, I'm glad they changed the name because the first name of this is called Project Grudge. <laughs> Why would you call it the Project Grudge? <laughs> I, I that no is idea. weird. Any, any thoughts on that? <laughs> I just want to know who's in charge of picking so-called yeah. project names like yeah. MK Ultra. Who came up with that? Who came up with Project that, Mogul? Who came up with Project yeah. Stargate? Like all these weird things that <laughs> just like random words put together. It seems like yeah, right, right, yeah. There's just some intern. There's some poor intern that go, "Hey, Jimmy, come up with the name. Uh, I don't know, Stargate. Perfect." A random page <laughs> in the dictionary and. Pick yeah. the word blindfolded. I do. I think they'd like maybe they put a bunch of words in a hat and they just draw out three and go, Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> I don't think you guys are off at all. <laughs> so, anyway, in the Project Blue Book, you can go uh, everyone to look at this because this obviously was a huge thing. It, it's after a few years, they stopped it because basically, <clears throat> in my opinion, and now they're coming out with all this stuff, the U.S had already been captured by the United States government and you see more and more people coming out with that and you're kind of like okay maybe not and then more and more evidence is being released about that and UFOs how we've right. caught all these different UFOs and everything so it's interesting um, but most of the times in the 50s they just still dismissed it and they, they just did these poor investigations uh, and worse explanations of what's going on. So it's like, it's swamp gas. It's a weather balloon. You had something in your eye. <laughs> what? Yeah. I mean, come up with better <laughs> reasons, right? Um, so anyway, uh, Coral, still captivated by what she saw years earlier, realized there needed to be an organization so amateur researchers could investigate UFOs and UFO sightings and exchange information. So she and her husband, Jim, in 1952, founded the Aerial Phenomenon Research Organization, or APRO. And this is the first of its kind. So this is the organization that started in their little living room with this little couple in the 1950s. And I think that's pretty cool, right? Isn't that nice where you like hear people where they'll be like starting something and, and they're, the, you know, whether it's like paranormal research, whether it's, you know, you hear all these people talking about serial killers, maybe how they helped the police and how they invented all this stuff that can't capture serial killers. I think that's really interesting. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think it's cool that they started this up on their own and, you know, just because of something that happened to her and when she was a child. Yeah. And it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. So, I, so go I ahead. Like it would be hard to convince fellow Wisconsinites of that. Like I, right. I've never been to Wisconsin, I should say, but I'd imagine a lot of them are skeptical to the theory of aliens or extraterrestrial visitors yeah like everywhere right <laughs> or at least yeah. back then you know there would be some like especially in california yeah especially maybe a little more like in california or on the pacific uh in the northwest and everything where people are maybe seeing them a little bit more uh and there's some really cool abduction stories in those areas uh which again people still don't believe them like betty and barney hill they no one believed them right Right. Yeah. You know, even though they had some uh, 
pretty substantial evidence um, that either one, these people are doing a great con, which oh, I applaud you because that's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Or this and really, really happened, right? I never understand the argument of, oh, it's just a con. And they're just mm -hmm. making up a story because, mm -hmm. I mean, I, there are a few people who like negative attention. I get that. Yeah. But for the most part, you, God, somebody's constantly looking at you and talking about you all the time. Right. Which can be really daunting. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want yeah, that. Absolutely. I wouldn't make up yeah, stories right? where people talk about me. Yeah. And that's what happened to Betty and Barney Hill. Just people were constantly, constantly, constantly bugging them and calling them and dealing with crackpots and, and other people were just like, okay, you guys are on something or there's something going on or you're mentally whatever. And that's tough. Right. I mean, that, that's not nice to come up with that. So in a 1972 book, I thought this was super interesting, uh, called The UFO and Experience, a Scientific Inquiry by Jay Alan Henrik, he wrote that while APRO had its number of members who were overenthusiastic and enamored with the ideas of UFOs, he stated it was not a crackpot organization. Well, thanks, Jay Allen. <laughs> that APRO actually <laughs> yeah. had many serious members, many who have considerable technical and scientific training. So the biggest thing about MUFON right now is yeah, there's a bunch of guys with tinfoil hats that show up in your house and, you know, you might be like, okay, get out of my house. <laughs> right. Because they're, yeah. yeah, right. You know, they're the typical, if you watch like Men in Black, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie with uh, Will Smith. Uh, yeah. It's just kind of, right? Hmm. Oh, no. Right. So that was interesting to me. Um, one of the other things to let you know is the Lorenzans were living in Sturgeon Bay. And I know you guys have no idea where that is, but no. it is like up Northern Wisconsin where there isn't many people at that time. So you might have like a, okay. set, a, a, a big town is 1500 people. Most towns, uh, maybe 200, 300 people. And you're surrounded by woods. There's just woods, mm -hmm. woods, woods, wherever you go. So like specific Northwest, when you get up and you know, there where it's just forest, same thing. So yeah. they were doing that from there. So not exactly the Mecca, <laughs> like a Chicago, right. LA, right? It, nothing like that. Um, one of the things too, Coral, she actually worked for the Green Bay Press Gazette and she wrote on these stories too. So you can go back and you can look at all the stories she wrote about tracking down um, sightings. So I don't know how she convinced her boss, but she would every sighting that would happen in Wisconsin, she would go and talk to people and write everything down. So she would, uh, for instance, she talked to this one farmer, and she she said that there was this formation over his farm about just some silver globe shaped object, and you know she would talk to people like that, you know, farmers, you know, workers, you name it. And if she didn't do that, this would not go. This, like I said, this the the whole UFO uh, excitement or whatever you want to say would have died because people would have just been like, okay. And then maybe in the seventies, eighties, it might come forward, but most of the time in this era, no, you kept it quiet. You did not bring anything up. So that's so interesting. she was basically the the alien and UFO reporter. Instead of the yes. sports reporter. Yeah. She would do her regular nice. stories and then her boss would be like, so she'd do a regular story like, I don't know, there's an event downtown in Sturgeon Bay, you know, the typical whatever parade. And then she'd go like, okay, now I'm going to go over <laughs> and do alien. Yeah, that's cool. Right? That's a cool yeah, job. I, that, what do you think, Declan? <laughs> I think that's pretty sweet. I mean, the... The only reporter I can think of like that that had a specific like news section of strange things, including UFOs and whatnot, is uh, I think it's Tom Greer. He used to work for um, KWVA or some LA news sure. news company and switched to doing like he did everything from UFOs to like. Nice. Uh, 
like the Manson murders. He covered those for a while, like mm-hmm. a bunch of weird things that other traditional yeah. news sources wouldn't cover. And I think that's really cool. Just taking like a step is- out of bounds almost. Yeah. And, you know, imagine all the people saying to her, like, here comes the crazy UFO lady. You know what I'm saying? She had right. to endure that yeah. too. Yeah. Because this is the 50s. <laughs> Where political right. correctness, there is no political correctness. Right. Uh, no, there was not. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the things I'm going to cover here on another episode, I was going to cover with you guys, but it was too much research. Uh, but uh, I'll have to cover it on another episode. So Carol... Uh, Coral, excuse me, she experienced actually several sightings during her life. So just when she wasn't a little kid. So there's a lot of stories that, well, when I was a little kid, I saw this and that's all I saw. Like mm-hmm. she's numerous ones, including the Sturgeon Bay Flying Saucer. And I'm going to give you guys just a little tease of this because this is absolutely, it's funny and scary at the same time. I don't know if that, <laughs> that works for you guys, but hopefully. Yeah. So. <clears throat> On May of 1952, Coral Lorenzen, along with countless others across Door County, witnessed what came to be known as the Sturgeon Bay Flying Saucer. So the object in the skies over Sturgeon Bay appeared to be metallic with a bright glow, and it was visible. Now get this, for 50 minutes, it went very slowly towards the northeast and like i said people could see this for 50 minutes countless people okay and based on the calculation yeah i know from observations made in sturgeon bay as well as fish creek which is 30 minutes north i know you guys don't know this but still towns it was like coming over town this is crazy coral and her husband jim don't forget about jim he worked with her too estimated this this is nuts the object would be 780 feet in diameter at an altitude of wow. about 40 miles. So think about that. Holy you're cow. Outside. Yeah, you're outside and you're just, I don't know, mowing the lawn or whatever. And here comes this over 700 foot in diameter metallic object just slowly going over you. And it's, it's only 40 miles up. So that's not high. You know, that's not that high. Yeah. It, it's high enough, right, that you can't touch it, which is good. But um, but wouldn't that just be bizarre? Because it was just going slow. Yeah. No one of uh, the speed on it was, they were saying, like, maybe 5 to 10 miles an hour, just hovering, just coming over you. That's crazy. It's weird. Right? And people didn't hear anything. They just saw this bright object. And again, take yourself back to the 50s. Okay, today we, we're so, you know, you, oh, pick up your phone. There's a UFO. Uh, there's an alien. Okay, whatever. Fake, not fake, whatever. Right. Then yeah. You never, you're just some small time farmer. You're just some <laughs> person that's never, right. ever in your life. This is before the moon landing, right? In the 60s. Yeah. This is, you've never seen this. And this thing is just right. hovering. I don't know about you. Well, I'm scared. That'd be, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yes. That's Absolutely. Uh, no, thank now, you. Here come, yeah. Here comes the fun part. This is, <laughs> I couldn't believe this. I had to look at it again. So, and many t- attempts were to explain this sighting were made over the next few days. Like government was coming in, blah, 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 blah. General Mills Company in Minneapolis, General Mills, I'm not kidding, the cereal company, <laughs> okay, cool. with all their lucky charms and whatever, took yes. credit. delicious. <laughs> oh. So General Mills, okay. yes, again, I'll repeat this, the cereal company took credit, claiming it was one of their balloons they were developing for upper atmosphere research. They said they had launched one that morning and it could have been seen over Door County that evening. Now, they already screwed this up because people said they saw it in the afternoon. They did not see it in the evening. Okay. So they're already. Oh, okay. General Mills. Trying to figure out their cereal would last in space. What, what kind of. Yeah. 
atmospheric research as General Mills. Right? Yeah. So General Mills, oh my God, this is so weird to me, was working in conjunction with U.S. Air Force to make weather balloons. Um, huh? <laughs> sure. You guys explain this to me, Jane or Declan, explain. I am totally like, what? <laughs> Well, well let the charms weather balloons. Like, <laughs> yes. They they want to expand. They don't want to get pigeonholed. So sure. they they need to broaden their um the market of people that they deal with because not everybody's gonna eat cereal for breakfast. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they gotta, you know, they're diversifying. Sure. Yeah. I buy that. That that's you for would sure. press. You would be one of those great, uh, like press agents or those spin artists <laughs> <laughs> sitting up at the podium when people are going, right. uh, you're making weather balloons. I don't get that. And you're like, yeah. you tell that story. I get it. Right. That yep. you know yep. We're diversifying. <laughs> well, I think general Mills saw all the UFO stories that, uh, Coral was shining light on and they, mm. they wanted to send a peace offering to any aliens or extraterrestrials that wanted to go. visit they wanted to send them a big old bag of lucky charms sure. for him to try yes america's uh, favorite see? snack yes they're magically delicious uh, you guys on more than one it. planet <laughs> you guys nailed this that's exactly what the <laughs> that was in their explanation but wouldn't it be funny if it was i'll get into it more i'll have to do an episode on this but general mills yeah. um came out later and they just kept on hammering this. They kept on saying, yep, we did it. Don't worry. It was us. And then people would ask them questions and they'd be like, yeah, lucky charms. And they keep going and people would be like, wait, what? And so to this day, people are not sure what the truth was and no one's come forward to say, yeah. So weird. weird. I don't get it. Because usually, like UFO sightings, I guess that go back maybe this is just a recent UFO sightings, yeah. but yeah, like and most like, UFO yeah, sightings are super fast, but that one flew over extremely slow, Very so it's kind of it's weird, right? Right, and that was pretty much the story of UFOs back in the fifties and sixties. They were not like the ones you saw in the military uh, videos where they're just zipping across the sky and that in our jets can't even forget it. You're not going to catch it. Um, But the whole thing was water. So all these UFO sightings, they all go back to one thing, water, a big body of water. So, you know, all these big great lakes in the upper Midwest, I mean, you could hide a colony or something, which, People do believe. Yeah. It's kind of fascinating to me that they all have that in common, the water. So in 1969's uh, pro members started the Midwest UFO network, which is now MUFON. And they, they had some really interesting people um, like associate professor of chemistry uh, here at Wisconsin state university was the first director of MUFON. MUFON is still active today. They still have chapters in every state, um, some 3,000 members, and they have more than 390 field investigators actively investigating reports of an unidentified flying object. So, Jake and Declan, yes, you can join MUFON. All you have to do is pay the fee, and you can actually get a, which I did. I have a little lanyard that says official (laughs) UFO investigators. And nice. yeah. so there you go. I can't remember how much it was. I think it was like 50 bucks. They send me newsletters and everything. Um, they're interesting. You can go to their organization. So the organization here in Wisconsin, sometimes it's in our capital, Madison or Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yes, you can go there. Um, yeah, I just did it for fun. I'm just going to be honest with you because I wanted to be say a part of MUFON. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you can Yes, there is no... You investigated anything. Yeah, yeah, right. And bring your lucky charms, I guess. And then we can go from there. Yes. So so the Lorenzans 
Carl and Jim eventually moved to Arizona. Everybody moves to Arizona from Wisconsin, by the way, because we're sick of winters when we get older. Um, uh-huh. Where Jim spent some time working as an electronics, and I think this is interesting. He worked as electronics technicians at Holloman Air Force Base. So I'm like, Ooh. oh, Jim, you little sneaky little guy there. You got in with the yeah. Air Force. Interesting. He was trying to dig around in some stuff. Yeah, yeah. And he passed away in 19... 19- Hello? This for Hello? over 30 years before MUFON took over. And it's really interesting. Uh, one of the- That, that, that led to this huge organization of MUFON and all these different investigations um, would not really happen today if it wasn't for these Jim and Coral, uh, because people, eventually people would have took over, but they were serious. They said, I'm going to investigate this. I'm going to put the research in. I'm going to find people who understand physics and chemistry and, and biology. You know what I'm saying? That to yeah. me made them different rather than two guys oh, sure. in the woods, right? <laughs> Ten yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. They made so the effort been... to get some good data. Actual research. Yeah. 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 That's great. So, so just so finding the been... local drunk guy at the bar and asking him about you. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 I miss the days where it was two Southern guys. And I don't mean to pick on my Southern states who listen to me where they're like, well, me and Zeke were out in the dock fishing and a UFO came and took us. And you're like, okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. <laughs> I love it. Like, mm, yeah. So there's been numerous UFO cases in Wisconsin, which is, um, I, I did on past episodes. Uh, one of the things that I think the reason they're attracted to Wisconsin, because there's been like 10 or 15, like major cases here in, in here, because one thing we do have, a new, uh, believe it or not, we have a huge ammunition plant in Wisconsin where they make uh, ammunition for armies across the world. We also have a number of scientific places where they work on different physics experiments as well. We have army bases all over the place. Who, uh, who study different um, technologies. So it's kind of interesting. Now, we're nothing like, obviously, other states like California or Texas, where they have some of the secret stuff, right, um, <laughs> in there. Yeah. But I think it's interesting. UFOs typically go around places, especially like nuclear reactors. Um, okay. Anything with technology or anything, you will see that. So I, you know, that was really interesting when I was reading all these UFO cases and like in different parts of the, uh, of the state, we have UFO parades. <laughs> we have where people dry, oh, dress wow. up and yeah, it's That's fun. fun. It's, right. Where you can go out and you dress up like an alien, you go out there and, and everyone, it just has a great time. So it's really, really nice, um, that people kind of take it with a grain of salt. And also maybe a little seriously now. So, Jane, I'll start with you. What do you think of UFOs and alien life? Do you have any theories on them? Do you believe it, not believe it? I I have never personally seen anything that I would say, oh, I don't know what that was. I think that might have been a UFO. But I am also not so arrogant to think that there's no way we're the only mm-hmm. intelligent life form out there. Yeah. Um, right. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody came up and said, yeah, those animals that we think were from here actually came from another yeah. planet. I'd be like, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Why not? So the, the platypus I, I'm not a, being one of them. Believer. <laughs> yep. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Declan, what do you think? I think there are aliens out there and they have visited Earth, but I think a majority of the more recent UFO sightings and things like that are government-made vehicles. 
I think after Roswell specifically, they, uh, cause in the fifties, I want to say, um, there was something called the flux liner made and it was made by Lockheed Martin. The people that make all the fancy F 15 jets and all that. Mm -hmm. They, uh, experimented in creating a anti-gravity basically a ufo like there's pictures of it if you look up flux liner i'm sure you can find them but they, yeah. it looks like ufo that someone had designed and i think a majority of them are like at least nowadays are government made vehicles that's yeah. my my beliefs right yeah, that's really interesting. Like, um, who has the alien technology? Who's using it? You know, why haven't, you know, will they use it in the future? Will they not? I think those are just fun questions to ask. But I I'm like you guys, and we mm. can't be naive enough to think we're the only life. Uh, I think right. that's ridiculous. I, I really do. So um, that's it. I hope you guys had a good time. Um, Definitely. Was, Thanks for having absolutely. us on. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like I said, please listen to Jane and Declan on their podcast uh, because, like I said, they cover some really cool things and make a drink or two. Uh, and I love it. So just to let you guys know, uh, this will drop tonight. So you can check it out and share that with cool. your audience so they can hear your Definitely. <laughs> UFOs. Yeah. Uh, but yes. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, if you ever want me as a guest, that's awesome. I'll definitely be, I'll definitely sure. be on there for you and tell you those two yeah, serial killers. I'd love to hear. Stories. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Excellent. So before we end up, we end every show like this. Say hi to your ghost. So hello, ghost. Because <laughs> we like to be their ghost. <laughs> <laughs> and stay spooky. All right. Definitely Thanks, stay spooky. Dana Declan. Thank you. Have a great mm -hmm. night. Thank you so much, John. You too. You too. Bye-bye. Yep.